Welcome to episode one of Through the Generations. I'm Malia, and this is my great nana, Joan. How do you do? Good. And pleased to meet you <laughs> today. Yep. Thank you, dear. Would you like to start off talking about your childhood? About which? Your childhood. Your childhood. Oh, my childhood. Uh Oh, my gollies, that is going back a lot of years. (laughs) Well, I I can start from when I was about two, I suppose, Uh because I was able to understand a little bit better by then, because my dad died when I was a wee baby and I never got to know him. And, of course, I went and lived with my mother's father and mother in Manorham. Uh-huh. That's a long way out of Geelong or out Leopold past there. And um, I was there for, a, you know, quite a while. And then I got to school age. Mum got a little house in Belmont and my sister Betty was four years older than me and Gordon was five years older than me. And when my dad died, mum read the three of us children on her own. And um, when it was time for me to go to school, I was supposed to be dressed and helped to go to school with my sister, but she didn't worry about me. <laughs> and I won't tell you the funny side of the story. I'll tell it to you on your own. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I went off to school without him. Oh, no. I did. And I didn't know until I put my hand up to go out to the toilet. Oh, no. Did you so I, shelter, I stood behind the shelter shed till it was time to go home because I thought if I fell over or the wind blew my skirt up, there'd be a big surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Did your sister get in trouble? <laughs> no, Betty, no. I don't think I told her. But I ran for my life down in under the trees, not on the full footpath. They had trees down the middle of the road and I oh, ra- no. ran for my life home. I can't remember what happened. Betty wouldn't get into trouble. Mum, mum was such a gentle mother. No, she'd explain things to us, but never ever smack us. She'd just talk with her tongue, Uh you know. Yeah. Tell her, tell us the reason why and so forth. But we had a lovely, lovely schooling up at Belmont, and until, um, well, what happened there then? Mum met a man, Poppy Brown, we called him Poppy Brown, Mm -hmm. because he asked Mum to marry him. And Mum was telling me this news, going up up the lane beside where we lived. And uh, I said, well, I've never had a father. What have I got to have a father for? I don't want a father. Uh And and I don't think I'll go to town with you now. (laughs) (laughs) Or something like that. Anyway, we got over it. And Mum must have told Poppy Brown. He was just Mr Brown then. (laughs) 
and and uh, he said, come over here, I want to sit you on my knee and talk to you, okay? And he said, you know, if, if we were going to the market to buy a cow, and that cow had a calf, that calf would be thrown in. And I thought, oh yes, I must be the little calf. I'm going to be thrown in with oh. Mum's marriage. Oh, no. <laughs> a bit of psychology, you yeah. see. And so I, I agreed. I thought, well, that sounds all right. He's not going to take Mum away if he's going to marry her. I'll still be there and yeah. I'll be part of it. Mm -hmm. So that is what happened. And I called him Poppy Brown and he was my stepfather and he was the only, only father that I ever knew and wanted because he was so good to my children when I started to have my three children. Uh -huh. Cheryl, Robert and Gail. Beautiful, beautiful children. And I met Donnie, her, her, their father, in the street in Geelong. He was walking down Marrable Street Hill and Betty, my sister, said, here comes Donnie Nairn, your schoolmate at sco from, from the old East school. You used to sit with him to make him behave himself from poking the girl at the back of him with a ruler. The headmaster said, you come, you come up from the back seat I was, you come up and sit with Don and make him behave himself. Yep. And I ended up getting married to Donnie to make him behave himself. <laughs> That's how I have to have me three beautiful babies. Uh -huh. Lovely, lovely life. Only Donnie had five sisters and he was the only boy at the last. <laughs> Spoiled. Yeah. His five sisters ruined him and nursed him, you know, and yeah. helped his mother rear him. And uh, he used to get on his bike and ride down to our house in Wilson's Road and uh, hide in the wood box and mum had come home from town and she'd find him sitting in the wood box and she'd get the straw broom and push him through the <laughs> fence and tell him to get on home. <laughs> and grandma then would say, now don't you go away, Donnie, don't you go away. Yeah. He'd get straight on his bike and come down to our place. Oh. Yeah, small boy. Yeah. Yeah, never mind. He knew what he wanted and he'd say to his mates, when I'd go out to Uncle Fred's to get the lovely fresh vegetables out of their garden, Uncle Fred would say to me, have you got a boyfriend? I said, no, I haven't got a boyfriend. What do I have a boyfriend for? <laughs> <laughs> and up at the kitchen window, there were three faces. There was Eric Reed, Kenny Grinter, that's Uncle Fred's son in the middle, and then Donnie, that's not here. Uh -huh. But that's how I looked at it. from standing back, back in amongst the vegetables yeah. and Donnie was saying to those other two mates of his, cast your eyes off her, she's mine. And oh. he knew then that he was going to marry me and he told the other boy, take your eyes off her because she's mine. Oh. Now wasn't that a joke? Yeah. He told me this afterwards, you know, after oh we got gosh. married that that's what he told them. Uh-huh. So that was the start of my lovely life with my beautiful, beautiful children. And Cheryl, 
I'm having her visit me uh, or her children are visiting me now and taking good care of me and spoiling me to the above, you know. It's so beautiful. They made a new home for me, you know, change it all around, make a different life. Seeing I'm um, heading the age. <laughs> Have I got to say me age? I'll tell me age. It's not fine. really. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lifetime yet, isn't there, the yeah. rest of my life. Okay, darling. Um, what else? Do oh. you have any key moments from your childhood? Did I have what? Any key moments from your childhood? Any what kind of moments? Key moments. Key moments? Uh-huh. Oh, I climbed the fence to get some beautiful grape hyacinths that were growing wild in the paddock next door to where we lived. Uh-huh. And it was a picket fence and my foot slipped when I was getting back and I fell on the picket fence in between my legs. Oh. It wasn't a very good happening, I'll no. preach you that, no, but anyway. My mum said to me at the time, don't be worried, don't cry, you'll have worse than that before you die or you'll be very, very lucky. And I thought, well, that is the loveliest thing to think about, isn't it? So she prepared me for what was coming ahead of me, didn't she? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I survived that fall. I'm gonna get warping, take this off, going back into my childhood, <laughs> running hot. <laughs> After that fall, no wonder. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, that gosh. was great. But never mind. I'm still here to tell the story. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I used to be fascinated in the ants. So busy little ants crawling around on the ground because I'd just sit and watch them and they were going for their life. And Mum would call out from the kitchen, you better get up off the ground or you'll get ants in your pants. <laughs> <laughs> and I got up took them off, shook them and said, no, 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 mum, there's none in. <laughs> That's was what a little innocent girl would do. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. In amongst her own, you know, family. <laughs> yeah. That, they were special moments, but they stayed in my mind. Yeah. What my mother told me. <laughs> You'll get ants in your pants, or I didn't want to have that. <laughs> oh, gosh. Mm. Now, what else was a special occasion there in that? Oh, I had a lovely little girlfriend, Muriel was her name, and she's nearly my age, she's still alive as well, but she's in a nursing home. And her father had a shoe shop up in High Street in Belmont, and, and he, he let Muriel come down to play with me when he was at the shop, and she'd come down and we had a lot of grass, high grass. So we'd play hidey in the long grass around our house because we never had any lawn mower, no gardener to come and cut the grass. But anyway, Muriel lost a shoe in the long grass. Oh. We could never find it. When all the grass died down, we found this wrinkled up little shoe 
wasn't uh-huh. any good to wear anymore no. after all the years. And that that was a sad memory because being being a shoe man, he was a bit cross at Muriel for losing kicking off her shoe and losing it oh. in the grass. <laughs> but never mind, worse things happen at sea. Yeah. So that that was Muriel, and. Uh, then Mrs. Kerger, she used to make beautiful uh, coconut slice with strawberry jam in it. Wow. We'd go down there, Mum's lovely neighbour, friend, and we'd have a meal there with them. And uh, she was wonderful. And she had a family, Lorna Kerger, and uh, she's not around now to say that I loved her. But anyway, we had a lovely time. and. Uh, enjoyed enjoyed her strawberry jam you know co- yeah. coconut slice you could smell it cooking when you were walking <laughs> up the path to go and see her and we knew we could see it sitting out on the windowsill all lovely uh-huh. cooked and she cut a slice off and they were beautiful days yeah i'd be young again i am being young again going through it all up i love yeah <laughs> So there you go. But uh, then I married Don and Betty was my bridesmaid. My firstborn was Cheryl. <laughs> and she just, they had a skylight in, in, in the ceiling. And I looked up and I felt never so close to God when I was giving birth to Cheryl. And the nurse came in and she said, there's not a sound out of you. You wouldn't know you were having a baby. Oh. And all the other ladies, all the Italian ladies and all was oh, screaming out oh, and no. carrying on. And, and I just felt so close to God. And it just happened naturally. She was born. Yes. She just happened. And anyway, the doctor come in and, and uh, he said, well, I'll kiss her. <laughs> so I kissed her and then it was Mother's Day and I was still in the hospital and they brought Cheryl in with this white chrysanthemum clutched in her little hand oh. holding this white chrysanthemum in her little hand for me oh. for Mother's Day oh I felt so honoured I felt I was like the Queen oh. <laughs> and uh, we called her Sh- Cheryl Suzanne, because my grandmother's name was Susie, so we called her Suzanne, Uh the modern name, Cheryl Suzanne. That was her name, and she was only an average weight, seven and a half pound. The three of my children were all about the same, seven pounders, little seven pounders, (laughs) not great big nine and ten pound babies that they have. No, it wouldn't like it that large. But anyway, we raised her, and she was a breastfed, had nothing in her mouth but me for nine months, and then and then I fed her, fed her on vegetable soup with a spoon, uh-huh. take it in the car, because Don was doing a fruit round, taking fruit on a basket into the people living in caravans along the Barwon River, and I'd be sitting in the back seat with Cheryl. And 
people in the caravan were asking me in with my little baby to have a look at it. And then I'd get, I'd get her a little basin of soup and feed her a soup. Oh. No bother. Just a beautiful, beautiful baby. And then progressed into, you know, stronger foods. Yeah. yeah. Things that she could manage. Uh-huh. She was a beautiful little baby. Perfect. In fact, Auntie Marge reckoned that she was a, a real princess baby. You know, fair and massive curly hair. <laughs> so, anyway, is that enough for one day? Because yeah. I'm getting hungry now. That's okay. I have me dinner. Yeah, it's at 12 o'clock. It's right on the dot at 12. <laughs> it's amazing. Your body can tell you what you've got to do. Yeah. Food. Absolutely. Feed the man food. <laughs> <laughs> Feed the man meat, they say, don't they? Yeah. Anyway, that's for that. Yeah. That's <laughs> enough for now. Lunch time. <laughs>